There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Brown Baby Podcast. I am your host, Nick Ashukla. This is Season 1, Episode 7. How have there been 7 episodes already? I can't believe it. This is a podcast about how we raise our kids with joy and wonder in uncertain and, let's face it, increasingly bleak times. This is the question I explore every week. Uh, I'm a dad of two and I've just written a memoir called Brown Baby which is kind of about all this stuff about how the world is racist and sexist and horrible and filled with climate catastrophe and I want my kids to be prepared for the realism of how realism but how I want my kids to be prepared for how fucked the world is but I also want them to be joyful and boundless and ambitious and filled with love so I did that in the memoir but I just felt like there wasn't there was so much more to say there was so many more people to talk to so each week I invite fellow parents of babies fellow parents of brown babies writers musicians chefs comedians actors and more to talk about their parenting journeys and the highs and lows have experienced along the way this for me is like a funny frank and poignant look at parenting and hopefully it will spark honest self-effacing conversations about how we tell our kids about the world We'll be talking about parenting fails and other things. And this is hopefully the comforting, uplifting podcast for everyone who, anyone or everyone who's ever found themselves searching for answers in a sleep deprived Google hole. It's not going to help you. I'm not going to do the hard sell on my memoir this week. I'd love it if you bought it from wherever you buy books. There's a link tree in the show notes and there you can find links to the book online if you want to avoid Amazon. If you want to use Amazon, go for it. But as I said, I'm not going to do the hard sell. This week's hard sell comes from two people who I respect and love. Nadia Hussain said, So honest, I found myself engulfed, consumed. I could feel myself in the room with Nigesh. Thank you, Nadia. And Nish Kumar said, Part station of the... <laughs> I can't talk today, what is wrong with me? Part state of the nation tracked, part love letter to his family. The personal and political are fused in this masterpiece. And Kieran Norwood Hargrave said a hymn to difference to the complexities inherent with being brown and British, funny and insightful, beautiful. Thank you to all of you. I love you all so much. 
So this week I talked to the incredible actor, podcaster, writer, Kalechi Okafor. What a wonderful, joyous chat we had. We talk about finding creative sparks in dark times, speaking up, her work as a writer, uh, being present with our kids and so much more. Kalechi Okafor is an actor, a writer and founder of the Collection of Car Fitness Studio. She is the host of the Say Your Mind podcast and the mind behind the hilarious Sally from HR series on social media. She is a brilliant hilarious unflinching presence online at at Kolechnikov on most social media platforms. She's basically one of the few voices I go on social media to follow. Her clarity of worldview and her ability to speak about complex issues and informative engaging and open ways make her one of the voices that we must just must listen to. Most excitingly some of her fiction, a short story, appears in the new anthology Who's Loving You? A stunning new collection of short stories about love written by women of colour, edited by the incomparable Sarita Domingo. The book is out this month and features writers like Varidso, Rowan Hiseo Buchanan, Sarah Collins, Danielle Dash, Sarita herself, Sarah Jafari, Dorothy Coomson, Kalechi and Kachenga and Amna Selene and some more, more people. <laughs> Get it now. It's in bookshops from the publisher Trapeze. Okay, before we get to the podcast, a little tale. My daughter has been learning writing at school. Important school stuff, important life skill, most hated skill. She finds it so boring and so tiring. She's really happy to read, to do math sums, to draw, but writing for something, some reason just really winds her up. She starts off brilliantly, but as she gets further down the page, her lettering gets bigger and more erratic. And I, when I try and get her to practice this, she really gets annoyed with me. So today I thought let's try and make writing less the thing that she does at school and more a thing that can be used for fun. So we started talking about what she likes reading and she likes reading books about unicorns and magic and adventure. And we started talking about a series of books that she really loves. It's a series of books that feature ponies that are fairies. No shade to the series, it's not my favourite. My daughters fucking love them. And so I was telling her that if we wanted, we could write our own story from that series. Because the series has ended, there are no more books, we've read them all. And they're kind of sad to not be in that world anymore. So why don't we fill that world with more stories that we've come up with? So if she loves them, why don't we write one of our own? And we could draw our maps and we could invent new characters and we could bring our favourites from across the five or so books into one story and it blew her fucking mind. She took to the writing with something approaching enthusiasm. We discussed story and she was off, she was busy writing and it became fun. I remember this feeling from my own school when we had to be handwriting robots and I hated it. So this felt like a brilliant way of introducing writing to her in a way that made it fun. We're picking it up tomorrow. And when I reflect on it, this is how I wrote stories. I wrote my Spider-Man ones till I had my own characters with their own stories. And I will not let her, in her second year of school, get bored. Not when she's not even halfway through her school life. Now for the podcast interview, Kalechi. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Kalechi. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So um, we are we are doing this podcast during the danger middle of the day nap. How are you feeling? Are you feeling stressed about it? Are you feeling like everything could go wrong any second? Or are you feeling like, yeah, it's cool. We're, we're, we're... we're good. We're good. I'm feeling pretty like, you know, accomplished because I've gone to the studio this morning to like do my stretches, um, do a bit of pole dance, answer a couple of emails. Then I've driven back home. And so in that time, he, um, my son's been napping. So I've come back to do this and then I'll have a therapy session after this and then straight into his next nap. So it's a good chunk of time. It's a good window where he's got enough energy to do other things. And then I've got almost enough energy to do other things. One of the things that I, I really love about, if I can refer to it as a portfolio career of, of, of yours, is that you do so many vastly different things and they are you I mean you do them all exceptionally well you you act you podcast you write you're a personal trainer you also run your own studio you're, you're you know you're a business person like you do so many different things and you are parenting as well do you find that you kind of have to compartmentalize your day and everything you try and keep everything to a routine or have you just kind of grown accustomed to being reactive and just letting things be what they will also please add on if i've if i've left anything out <laughs> no i think that that's that's it that that those are all of the things currently um no um i i try to compartmentalize because i'm the kind of person like i want things done at this time and i need to because i know what my energy levels are like so for instance first thing in the morning i like to go for a run for instance um but if i get up and then my partner is just kind of like Ugh, so then i have to make the breakfast and you know get get my son ready and do all of these things but then there is a specific window that if after that time I attempt to go running I won't enjoy it I'll be pissed off and I don't want to do it anymore so I you know everything has to happen at a specific time so between like 7 30 um, to 9 a.m if we're really really pushing it like 9 30 a.m those are the best times for me to like go for a run because then that opens me up to be able to do you know other things as well so sometimes I feel like reluctantly so I have to go with the flow because I have a plan for the day and how I want things to run then my son can be like oh well you know what I'm gonna have a nap at this time girl and you're just gonna work around it (laughs) (laughs) so it's tough it's tough obviously we're recording this um in the second lockdown uh and you know this will be out in early 2021 but i really need to wrestle some routine back into my day so i've been trying to do one of these sort of 30 day yoga challenges and i've really noticed that if i don't do the yoga 
stuff as soon as I wake up or within the first couple of hours of waking up and if I do it later on in the day like once work is in my head or work is on my shoulders I hate it I'm kind of like the worst the last thing I want to do is be still or yes. um, be at one with my thoughts and all the rest of it it really like it really upsets me and I, I just want to kind of get back to like my computer or get back to final draft or whatever I'm working on <laughs> yeah I'm the same I'm the same it's it's one of those things where when you have so many things going on as well and you know that so much kind of relies on you, it's like, look, this is my time. This is my time to do me things. This is my time to not be um, a business person, a writer, a podcaster, or this or that. This is my time to just be Kalechi. So for that reason, I need it. Like, it's precious to me. Otherwise, nobody's getting Kalechi because I'm not going to be able to write the, um, you know, the emails properly. I won't be able to podcast properly. Everything will just be a mess. So like, I need my time. And I think that that's important because sometimes I do get that feeling of feeling a bit selfish. But then I actually look at the breakdown of the day and I think to myself, rah, I get all in all one hour to myself. Like, if you pick all the bits from where they are, it's one hour. So really... I deserve the hour. I would say that uh, like the majority of parenting is about giving yourself to the child, but you, you're one of those people who I see you give so much of your time to other people. You know, even you know, even listening to your podcast, even listening to Say Your Mind, where you know there were episodes that you'd record that, were, and it sort of it felt to me like we, you were having an intimate conversation with me at one in the morning while while looking after while nursing your kid and stuff, like you're so you're very generous with your time that to me then means that like the hour that you kind of get to yourself where you know even if it's as frivolous as like i'm gonna really take my time eating this piece of toast yes i'm, really, I'm gonna sit down and have a cup of tea in silence and i don't want to talk to anyone i want to give myself to anyone you know i will point myself in the direction of a screen but i won't really be engaging <laughs> like i really really understand that because you know you know as well as like uh, all the writing like i do a lot of mentoring as, as well and you just you just find that your days just kind of get take you you know your your kind of life force gets taken with giving it to other people and then you kind of have to then switch on being a parent in the evenings and I, I sometimes find it really hard to be present with my kids yeah yeah I I've I've found that as well trying to be present because in my mind everything is racing I don't have an assistant um at the moment so all the in you know all the emails that come in for the pole dance studio I'm answering those emails and you know you'll get all of the trivial stuff and then you'll get all of the really detailed stuff that you have to pay attention to and then you've got all of your just general uh you know my general social commentary stuff people wanting me to do this and I guess with my following on social media passing a specific mark then you get the influencer stuff coming in and people wanting you to you know wanting to work with you on brand things and trying to remain switched on enough to make the right decisions um, processing all of that in the background in my mind while still trying to like play with my son and make him food and really you know be present for his development as well am I doing the right things with him you know playing the right games saying the right words reading enough and um, learning enough to be able to benefit him it feels you know honestly at times it just feels really really overwhelming and that's why therapy is so important to me like I have to have that you know you know those 50 minutes with my therapist where I can just say you know what I'm tired I'm tired or just talk about the most trivial thing like oh I went to the supermarket and I couldn't find chicken wings you know like j just have time where it's not it's not about anybody else but me can you ask you a question about that um about the social commentary stuff because I know I, I guess you know when the good immigrant came out in 2016 2017 I was so much more 
there and present in in this um and and you know i i see see you online i i often feel like when stuff happens people are almost like watching waiting for you to to comment and it must it must be i i i remember feeling so much pressure to have an opinion about stuff or to, to have have a quick opinion or just my my reactive opinion be researched and nuanced and complex and articulated well and so you know sometimes i'd get stuff wrong or sometimes i'd be like i want to sit this one out mm-hmm. and then people would kind of go well you haven't spoken on this and and i'd be like well it's because you know wednesday afternoons are when i look after my kid because nursery is expensive and Mm-mm. this is my time with my kid do, do you know what i mean do, do you mm. feel, do do you ever feel like that definitely i feel the same way and i think that that's when i decided that you know even more so than before i have to have these firm boundaries so for instance on instagram at the moment i'm just not posting in my stories and you know people respect that enough now but you see that there, some some people will still try to creep into your dms and be like i'm just checking if you're okay because you know i saw something and i don't know if you saw it but they they're very they try to be very very careful about how they phrase things but it's still transparent like you're looking for me to come and have an opinion a comment on something and i've told people time and time again that you know i'm not your rent and angry black woman if it bothers you so much you've seen it you go and you know say something about it but it's, it is as you say like they want you to be the one to give them the nuance the uh, re- well-researched sort of approach perspective on it and also they want to check that their perspective on it is correct and it's just like i can't say that for you i can't give you that and so i've just not you know i've just not posted and you know i've been using a new app uh, that i came across or that I was invited onto that it's like audio based and so it's like a live podcast and there's various rooms that you can get involved oh, is this with is yes right. yeah so i've been kind of like listening in on various conversations and then i'll kind of chime in where i can but i'm noticing that even that now i've got to pull back because someone will be in a room and they'll tweet why is it Kalechi in this room because something's happening and she needs to come and say something but you know it so when it, it seems like when, when uh whichever space i enter into within a matter of time it's like oh so you can be our voice, you come and say something, but it was meant to be for me initially, um, a way of having like my discreet headphones on, being able to listen while doing other things around the flat. But now knowing that people are waiting for me to have an opinion, I've got to even pull back on that as well. And, um, just make sure that all of my time isn't taken up trying to be everything to everybody else. Um, but also also like you're an art, sorry to interrupt, but you're you're mm. an artist, you're, you're a writer, you're uh, part of the, the job of writing and being so social commentator and all the rest of it is to listen and to yes and observe and take a step back and and say it when you're ready to say it and if people are waiting for you to say something in order to affirm what they believe then they can't really be firm in what they believe you know? exactly and I think that there are a lot of people like that they're not really sure what they believe especially with everyone sort of like waxing lyrical about so um quote unquote cancel culture they don't want to be the one to say something they want you to kind of see it first see the reaction that you get and go yeah well yeah that's the one I agree with or I don't agree with um I just yeah I think people (laughs) should be more brave everyone everyone wants to push back but they want to push back after the the prominent people have pushed back first yes yes and, and that's really yeah. and that's kind of what you know that and that's why like in 2018 2019 like i was I, I just felt so much pressure around all of this stuff and it was really messing with my head and i kind of just had to go you know what you're a fiction writer dude 
Like mm-hmm. you, the best way you extrapolate from this world is to kind of observe the world, create a fictional universe, and interrogate it within the confines of that universe. You're not a social commentator. You're not, you know. And it was like I, I did this thing in Berlin that the the Queen Bernadine Evaristo had curated, and she invited me to come mm. to Berlin and talk on this thing. And this guy afterwards said, "I'm I'm writing a piece about public intellectuals, and I, I can you just give me a comment?" I was like, "I'm not a public intellectual." And he was like, <laughs> and then he suddenly had his phone out recording. He was like, "So." is that your comment that you're not a public intellectual i was like no firstly i'm not a public intellectual secondly i'm like i don't want to do an interview i don't know what this is about and also this is just isn't my space you know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm a fiction writer um but but i think all of this stuff for me really really speaks to this thing that i feel a lot of this sort of guilt that i think i carry a lot because i i think a lot about how my parents were and how they weren't able to be present because they were just working at all hours of the day to kind of provide for us and all the rest of it and I, and i worry that social media for me which i've now kind of assumed as part of my job mm-hmm. um is pushing me into that similar space where i'm not being present with my kid do you have strategies for ensuring that like when you're on the floor playing the game in the imagined universe you're not like your eyes aren't straying to the other side of the room where your phone might be or or Mm. like feeling it those phantom vibrations in your pocket that i sometimes feel (laughs) 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 i've been watching watching industry recently this new bbc show and like Mm. the sound folio that they have um when in the scenes when they're in the bank it's just like the constant vibrating phones and it stresses me out so much I've so, got to watch that. It's really good. I have to put my phone in the bedroom. I just have to put my phone in the bedroom. And usually my phone's on silent. like So I don't even have vibrate on. I just put it on silent and leave it there. Sometimes I just don't even notice how much time has passed without the phone. And I just noticed, like, my son might not necessarily want to do lo- lots and lots of things. Like, he's happy sometimes just sitting next to me while I watch like some trash TV like I love Real Housewives the whole like Real Housewives uh, franchise so I might be watching Real Housewives of Potomac and he's just there like okay well girl that's if that's what you want to do like okay (laughs) and then other times you know other times we're playing or we'll go for a walk um and go to the playground and things like that just I I want to be away from the phone and I just think that what the pandemic had had kind of shown me so glaringly is that things can yeah. wait and 100%. you know we, before we were like I've got to do it now oh my god and and no no it's all right it, things can wait I really understood this over the course of the pandemic the more as artists we are in the world the better the work begin the work becomes if if our work is constantly reacting to stuff that's online and it's sort of snapshots between like oh I've got to get dinner ready and my daughters mm-hmm. often get frustrated with the little lego pieces when they can't like separate them and you mm-hmm. know I, I dropped this fire tweet like 20 minutes ago what's the reactions <laughs> like has anyone come a for word me yet? <laughs> yeah yeah all those kinds of things like pandemic really really showed me that actually that fire tweet doesn't matter just make the nice food help with the fiddly lego pieces and you know just be in the world and actually like just be alone with your thoughts as well like going for walks and just like listening to like listening to music rather than listening mm. to podcasts so i'm not just like i re i realized this thing where like um i was just ne- never allowing myself to sit with my thoughts like if i wasn't looking at my phone i was listening to something i was like mm-hmm. imbibing information through podcasts or through audiobook or something and like mm then like having conversations about it on group group texts or on like social media and stuff and actually like none of that 
makes us good at what we do what makes us mm. good at what we do is just this the ability to just sit with our thoughts you know or yeah. just to be in the world and for me even in the like almost like the metaphysical sense as well stillness allows for me to be able to channel things i think that as artists um when we look at our ancestral lineage there are stories that want to be told through us there are there are rights that want to, I mean, or wrongs that want to be righted through us and when we are so consumed with you know all every like noise it is noise you know um no matter how much we enjoy the noise it's still noise and it it kind of refracts the the communication that comes through mm. so when i you know in my videos and stuff i love being by the water now and i never used to really think of myself as a water person but being able to be still and be near the water i've had some of my most kind of i would say profound thoughts being in that space um after a run you know th things feeling extremely clear to me um and it's because like you say i wasn't like taking in so much of what everybody else had to say one of like my most um you know fire tweets or my videos that came out um you know during the pandemic uh, when i was talking about violence and stuff um and i made that by the river i remember making it and then turning the thing on mute turning notifications on mute like i don't want to know only for somebody to then retweet it later on and i was like right it's got 1.4 million views and people are still talking about it but i needed to distance myself from it because yeah. as far as i'm concerned i channeled something the thing has been channeled by you know and get back to what i'm doing when it when it comes to your to your kid i guess one of my my primary concerns uh aside from being present is the stuff outside of our house our, our place is like is really messed up and i really i want to prepare my kids for the world as it is but i understand that there is a degree of cynicism i feel towards the world you know like when you've when you've seen so as much fuckery as you've seen and nothing changes and then people keep telling you that you've changed stuff and actually then you're reminded that nothing has changed like the cynicism starts to set in and i i don't want to pre i don't want to prepare my kids for a world that they see as cynically as i do i want them to prepare the, them for the world as it is do you do you ever think about stuff like that do, does does that does that stuff ever kind of go into how you talk to your kid about stuff yeah and so that's why um again I think like therapy is so important for me because I save the bulk of my cynicism for my therapy sessions that is when I can be like you know what I think the world is fucked I don't know how we're going to make it through this like what's what's happening right now so I can come back and not kind of offload that onto my son or give him that energy because as for I as somebody that felt like I didn't have a childhood. I do not want to take my son's childhood or his, you know, innocence for want of a, a better term. I don't want to take that away from him. I want him to have that as long as possible. I will um, absorb the rest. I will absorb all of that energy that comes from the world for as long as possible and explain things to him in a way that means that I take on the bulk of that and I just explain things as simply as possible. And for me, the most simple way that I can explain it to him is that, in this world, there are many people who are wounded and are hurting. That means that they do specific things from a place of wounding and hurting. You are not dealing with that. So try to understand their behavior as that. And just that basic rhetoric or just that basic understand, understanding will help with so many things that they start to interact with without taking it on to themselves like, oh, this is about me. Because children are like that. They believe everything is about them as yeah. they're learning. Yeah, definitely. I know I've told this uh, story on the podcast before, um, but you haven't heard it, so I can't tell it to <laughs> <No>. you. <laughs> uh, so my my daughter goes to uh, you know a very a very 
diverse school in a in a very multicultural area and it, it you know we're in bristol and and the school is like right on the heart of traditionally where the african caribbean community was in bristol before gentrification came and um so she's been learning about the bristol bus boycott recently and um she asked me um she asked me what it was uh, just what you know one one evening at bath time she said what is what was the bristol bus boycott and i was like are you learning about it at school and she said yeah and so i started telling her what what i knew of it and i you know i told her about meeting paul stevenson which was really really amazing and i realized i had to explain to her what racism was and you know this is she's six and you know we've had these conversations before and i, I must must send you a copy of the book if, if i haven't already but i had realized i had to explain to her what racism was and as i was explaining to her i was also saying you know there are some people in this world who hate people who are a different skin color to them and she like it just did not compute in her head she was like but that makes no sense to me that is ridiculous that is a stupid idea and i was like yeah but the thing is like people might feel this way because and then I stopped myself and I was like no I am now trying to justify why someone might be racist to my daughter who this concept is just so fucking ridiculous to her that it just does not compute so I would be dis I would be intellectually dishonest in this moment if I tried to like justify the reason for it existing and that was my cynicism kind of kicking in I was like actually no I need to have this conversation with you on your level yes and I stopped and I was like yes you're right it is ridiculous it is a stupid idea it exists but it is a stupid idea and we should always treat it like it's it's a stupid idea and it was a really really like powerful moment for me as a parent just n- noticing where i can adjust how i talk to my kid about these things yeah yeah i think that that's beautiful because it is talking to um children at their level of um understanding and yet they understand so much because it th- i think that even that's why when I make my videos and I, yeah, so that's why I do Sally in HR and things like that. Because to me, satire, being able to take the piss out of something so ridiculous, like the things that we see as people of color, like what we see happen to us and to other people like us, it's nothing short of ridiculous. So I agree with your daughter, like it's stupid, like this is stupid. And so I laugh at it as a way to take power away from it yeah uh, yeah and obviously your sally and hr videos are, are amazing and i need them on tv very soon but uh, <laughs> but um, i also really liked your, your your video about the sickness that you did recently <laughs> it's the sickness doctor it's the sickness <laughs> <laughs> so good but you're right that like i mean i mean this is kind of how sort of right-wing comedians uh, willfully misunderstand what satire is because i think what you're you're doing is actually you're you're pricking holes in pervasive pervasive but inherently stupid and fucked up ideas mm. which which to me is satire mm. And that's the thing for me. It's not about um, going at a person, um, which they love to do. For me, it's about going at the system because it's the system that has gotten all of us to this point. So, you know, like my makeup tutorial video using a medium that people love is very, very popular. Like, let's talk about makeup, but also let's use it to talk about the way that the government absolutely fucked us over during this pandemic. Like, let's do that then. And I didn't (laughs) expect it to resonate the way that it did, but it did. It still makes me laugh. It was so good. It was so good. Do you, do you ever think about? I mean, obviously, like I, I don't know if like maybe in five years' time, someone's just going to switch off the internet and we'll all just live. We'll all just live in tents or something. I don't know. But do you ever think about um, your kid discovering your online presence in like decades' time and being able to sort of get a sense of 
who you are because this is a, th- a thing that I'm sort of fascinated by and I got fascinated by this um this year like my 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 mum uh, died 10 years ago and got really obsessed with trying to understand who she was before she was my mother because you know you just very very quickly see that uh, you know obviously like I'm a man <laughs> saying this saying this to a woman but like you quickly see that like you know once once people have kids like you know what once women have kids like they become mother you know that you know and that and that becomes their identity you know and you know some people are really happy with that and some people are like well it's you know it's part of me but not all of me and all the rest of it and I really wanted to know who my mum was before she was my mum who she was as a teenager and so I, I texted her best friend when she was a teenager I was like tell me about my mum when she was a teenager like whose name did had she written all over her exercise books and um, what posters on her wall and like what was the thing that she used to sneak around doing and all that kind of stuff and I, I just gain this beautiful insight into my mum that I'd never had before and it just made me think like if my kids ever wanted to know who I was before I was their parent then they'd go online and they'd see the time I sent a lamb chop into space and they'd, they'd see like little, <laughs> little videos that I'd done and like an archive of tweets where like you know when I signed up for Twitter in 2009 I was de- you could definitely tell the energy was please can I have a publishing deal and now it's you know now the energy is oh my god do I have to talk about racism again you know like and that's like the, the level <laughs> yeah. you're up but do you, but do you ever consider that your kid might discover your online presence and just have this real sense of who you were when they you, they you weren't on the floor with them playing games and reading and, and all the, watching real housewives together <laughs> yes yeah I think about that more and more now and it makes me even more um kind of deliberate and intentional in how I show up in my videos because I want him to know that your mother was a bad bee like I was <laughs> out here like doing all of the things that I wanted to do saying all of the things that I wanted to say if today it's a swinging around the pole then that's what I'm doing and if it's tomorrow we're talking about um you know the the inherent racism of white liberalism then that's what we're going to do as well but it's about having that full spectrum of everything like you say like um you know we have children and suddenly you are parent that you are mother this is it and then the myth of mother becomes attached to you and it's something that I'm like tearing off fervently because I don't want it attached to me I am me Um, and like you say mother is part of what I do and it's part of my identity but not all of my identity and it's making myself see that before anybody else because so many people are focused on oh I don't want people to push this on me but it's also what I've been pushing on myself from what I've learned from growing up and stuff so I want him to be able to look and and see the many facets that make me in the public eye but also kind of marry that with what he knows of me privately but I I wonder if that that is really helpful in helping to foster like a healthier respect between parent and child because if your child views you as like solely theirs uh, and I remember reading reading this thing about this idea of the good enough mother and how like you know that a, a mother who can withstand a, a child's intense love and a child's intense hatred is deemed like the good enough mother and 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 I was thinking about that in relationship to like I guess my own relationship with my mum and you know obviously this is stuff that's never put on me as a dad like I'm never walking around being like oh there goes writer and father Nikesh you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean but like and it's a thing that like you know is pointed out all the time like you know every time uh, a woman who is a mother 
is interviewed about their work, about their artistic work or their creative work, they're always also asked about how parenthood has affected their work. And no one asks me. And like in a weird way, it's really affected how I view my work. But, mm. And I'd love to talk about it. But also like it's kind of an inane question at the same time, you know. But it is interesting how that happens. And I, you know, I look at it before having my son, I would see people's, you know, social media bios and it would say like mother, wife, and then this fucking amazing thing, uh, you know, alongside what they've done. But it was just like, that doesn't come first. Like, this is what comes first. And since having um, my son, I, I get it. But at the same time, I'm still like, no, no, because this is what comes first. Me being a baby girl is what comes first. And then everything else follows um, from then. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just interesting how those conversations happen. And maybe because, you know, my son at this point is 15 months old. So people will keep asking me because it is a big shift in dynamic to how I was working before in my life. Very like selfishly, you know, I do things when I want to do things in my day. Suddenly I have to take on, um, you know, an entire human being into consideration um, who's of close proximity to me. It does change a lot, but I'm hoping that it isn't always the focus of everything that I do. 15 months is such an interesting age as well because that's when that that's where they want independence but can't bear the independence yeah. at the same time. Yes. Yeah. He wants to just be strolling down the street and you're like, mm, well, you're going to get tired in a few steps, so let's just <laughs> rein this in. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's great. It's great. And it's humbled me in different ways, just like, just um, to see uh, this being, to see this little person, just to see them not have... Um, all of the baggage that I have. And I think to myself, why do I have to have the baggage? Do I need to have the baggage? Who cares? You know, um, it's making me kind of take myself and disconnect from things that I don't need to have. You know, like the shitty friendships that you maybe just hold on to because you're just like, oh, well, I've known them for so long and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> now I've kind of go, well, no, I don't have to have them. I, I don't have to have a lot of these things. So I'm feeling freer in certain ways, but still very much like hyper-focused on things that I think need to change around us because now it feels more urgent, I guess. Where does your creative spark come from? Like what, what drives the creativity? I would say my spirituality. The more focused I've been on um, spirituality, the more that it's opened me up. And we're not talking about spirituality, I feel like in a whitewash mainstream um, corporate sense. Um, I'm talking about, you know, my indigenous spirituality that comes from, you know, specifically my mother's side. So looking more into Yoruba cosmology and learning about those things and, and having a very visceral understanding that there is more to what makes me than what can be seen by others you know um and so I just put that into my work like I wrote a short story that's coming out March 2021 um as part of uh, Sarita Domingo's anthology of, of love stories by women of color I can't sorry to interrupt I cannot wait <laughs> this, but Sarita is amazing and that lineup is ridiculous like it's yeah like it's Var, Var, amazing I cannot wait to read Varidso's work like obviously like I mentored mm -hmm. her when she was when she was really young and then she was in The Good Immigrant and stuff and like, I, I love her work and like you and Kachenga and mm -hmm. Amna like what a lineup cannot wait for that in fact I'm going to post this episode around the time of the release of that um that'll anthology. be amazing um so and I'll do like a little plug at the end and uh for it 
Sorry, yeah, I interrupted no, we, you. No, no, we, no, 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 we need it. We need it. Um, we need it. And being asked by Sarita to write something, I appreciated. I appreciated another woman, another black woman seeing me and thinking, not just thinking about me through the lens of, you know, social commentator, podcaster. She's, she's looked at my things and gone, she can write. So why doesn't she come and write fiction? And I wanted to publish fiction before nonfiction. But when I was suggesting this and, you know, um, talking to agents and things like that, they were like, oh, yeah, but, you know, you've got such a voice. You should do something with nonfiction. And lo and behold, I've still put that to the side. And the first thing I ended up really doing is the fiction thing. And to be able to write that, I was able to put my knowledge about the transatlantic slave trade and colonization. I was able to put that into a love story, into a romance story, but also have the kind of um, esoteric idea of like traveling through time and love transcending time, um, regardless of, you know, all the things that happen. To be able to put all of that into a short story, even I read it back and I said, no, you're a G, you're a G and this is what you should be doing. And, you know, it was great to go through that process. But looking at that, um, I bring that up because that short story for me shows where my creativity and that spark comes from is the fact that being able to tap into something that goes far deeper than what we can see yeah and 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 you raised a really uh, slightly tangential interesting point because I, I as i was saying before when i was sort of going i just want to write fiction like none none of us go into the creative industries or the creative arts going i want to be a social commentator you know? <laughs> no. like we just want to tell stories and that you know that's what's been so magical about um about sarita's anthology and um, um, bolu babaloda's uh, short story collection yes. love and color like people writing joy and people writing about love and people writing about magic it, it, it's so beautiful to to see that happening i, I remember my friend musa kwanga said this really beautiful thing that I, I still think about daily and it it really upset me when he said it because i i realized that, that that was the treadmill that i was on he said why must the oppressed always be called upon to comment on their oppressors Ask the oppressors to hold themselves account more account hold each other more accountable, and and I think about that all the time. You know, imagine what work we could create if we weren't you know having to do social commentary. Imagine what space I would have. And you know, while I am interested in in writing about racism and about trying to understand it, and you know, try to tell stories that humanise the people who are who are the victims of it, and you know, I've done that for teenagers and stuff. I realise that after two two books for teenagers that were about really hard gritty social issues my third one is going to be about joy it's going to be about uh, you know i've just signed a book deal for it it's going to be about a stand-up comedian just trying to find her voice because that's the thing that we should that we should be writing and that's what makes me so excited that you are like no i'm gonna write fiction for a bit are you working on on any longer longer pieces now that you've kind of had the the um amazing experience of working with sarita in that anthology i want to i want to do a collection of short stories because after the reaction that i had and the feedback that i had from people actually reading the one that i wrote for um sarita's um anthology called it's called the watchers my and uh, my story it was i thought to myself well this is what I want to do. I just want to give you snippets into different worlds, but actually the worlds interconnect, but um, just, just these little snippets, like a collection of, I don't know, five um, or so stories that allow for us to have that. Like I'm very, very inspired by Octavia Butler and how Octavia Butler managed to do that. And I still very much want my role in Wild Seed. So Viola Davis, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> so 
know. Um, We've put it um, out into the universe. <laughs> yes, universe, go yes. and make it happen. <laughs> make it happen, please, Viola. Um, yeah, to me, that's to, if there's any book that's quintessentially my style, it's Wild Seed. Like, it has everything that I enjoy about the world in that. And I, I want to create more of that type of thing that um, Octavia Butler created. Um, so, yeah, I want to I just want to write more. I just want to show um, where where my mind is, because like you say, social commentary all the time to me is unimaginative. It's it's a bit boring. So that's why, you know, when news channels and, or, you know, various news outlets will ask me to comment now. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. So they've moved on to other people because I want space to actually be more creative. What you want me to explain for the 50th time why this statement is racist? Really? You don't know by now? It's boring. It's boring. And you re- you quickly realise that you're doing them a favour rather than doing yourself a favour by mm. agreeing to be on that treadmill. Like, I did it once and I realised that I... I'm not someone who likes being on TV. I don't like it when the camera's on me. I like mm. I like sitting by myself and writing mm-hmm. and reading. You know, like I'm I'm quite boring in that way. Um, I'm just conscious of time because obviously, uh, we need to get you to your, to your next thing. I've, in theory, simple questions, but they might open a can <laughs> of worms in that classic way that you kind of like you break something open in the last five minutes of. I always break something open in the last five minutes of my therapy session, and then my therapist's like our time's up and I'm like but I'm just no I'm giving you all of me (laughs) yeah yeah. one of the questions I'm asking everyone and you kind of articulated it before but I'd I'd love to kind of come back to it given how fucked the world is how do you what are your strategies for raising your kid to be filled with joy and boundlessness and ambition and love and and all the rest of it but at the same time be prepared for the world outside your door my strategy is just um sticking to my rituals sticking very much to my rituals because i would to me personally in my opinion what we are facing in society for the fact that it's being able to survive for this long this oppressive dynamic this oppressive um energy that's been able to control and 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 ruin so many things and people for so long centuries right that is not something that's not something we simply see of the eye that is also a spiritual entity in and of itself so to merely try to meet that spiritual entity and energy with intellect is futile so it's important to also have your spiritual um kind of um rituals and things that you do to keep yourself grounded and to keep yourself um in the world but not of the world so i very much have like my morning rituals and my my son sees me do them like i'll you know i'll find stillness i'll pray um i'll you know i have cleansing rituals that i do around the flat rent cleansing rituals that i do for myself then i do a prayer for him daily like daily i speak um power and positivity into his life protection over his life so he's watching me going (laughs) what the hell is this woman doing but it's important for me to get him used to armoring himself spiritually before entering into the day before entering into the outside world because that will let him be more conscious of you know energy and be more spiritually grounded to me at this stage that is all that i need to provide because i can handle the rest um for now, he just needs to learn spiritual hygiene 
that's important because this world is so gunky with this energy and that's really what affects us not just the physical things that we see oh they didn't employ me they didn't do this they didn't do that it's the spiritual gunk that we're carrying that we don't even realize that is what we need to kind of get us get rid um, of ourselves and for our children i love that i've asked this of all of my guests and everyone has told me something different and I think yours has been probably the thing that I do the least and actually the the thing that I will take out of this the most because, you know, everyone else has sort of said variations on things that I'm like, yeah, I've already thought that, but I've never, I've never thought that before. That's really lovely. Thank you. Um, I get, yeah, I, um, (laughs) I was going to do that thing of like with five minutes to go, break something open. Uh, (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about spirituality recently, basically. Uh, mm. um how i used to be and where i am now kalechi okafor thank you so much for joining me on the podcast it's been a real thank pleasure. you for having me nikesh thank you thank you so much to kalechi okafor for talking to us especially when her kid was on a nap it's always like when the kid's on a nap and you need to do something that it becomes the danger nap so thank you so much for taking the time out and thank you to you for joining us please subscribe please leave us a review if it's a good review i mean if it's a bad review like why fill the internet with hate you know keep it to yourself i know i'm not perfect i'm trying my best here uh tell your friends review us leave us a message on social media buy who's loving you buy brown baby um thank you to Acast. thank you to bluebird thank you to you for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode but in the meantime please you know this is a free podcast uh and i would just really love it if you took the time to buy my memoir thank you so much see you next week goodbye brown baby i am brown baby yes i am i am brown baby ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.